Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And on the subject of betting, I want to apologize to my friends who I told to go for over for Oklahoma State and take the over, particularly my friend Jake, who got a parlay, who was taking over Oklahoma State and the over. I failed you. I'm sorry. Rough week to be a Cowboys <laughs> fan. Oh, welcome to the Believe in OK State podcast. Ebatoba, Justin Southwell. I'm Megan Robinson. Guys, how you feeling? <laughs> it was a rough one, guys. It was a rough one. And we don't need we don't need to rehash everything that took place, right? Yeah, we got we got smoked, we got beat down, but <sighs> it's so interesting whenever you watch a game where that you know you're gonna lose and you just go through every single emotion. I don't know if that's the same for you, Justin. I would say so. Maybe not every single emotion. I think it starts a little bit with denial and then anger. And then I don't even know if I would want to call it acceptance. I'm just kind of over it at that point. <laughs> Yeah, look, I'm one of those people who is like overly optimistic whenever watching football. So whenever we go down 14 to zero, I'm not stressed out about it at all because I know we can score fast. Yeah. Right. So then we go down 21 to zero. I'm like, okay, well, we're about to have a great comeback. Right. Because we can exactly. still play. You go down 28 zero, you're like, all right. Well, I mean, you know, the odds are looking slim, but here we go. We're about to have the greatest comeback in NCAA history. But the moment, I mean, the moment that we went down 35 zip. That's when I was like, fire everybody. That includes <laughs> the mayor of Stillwater, the district attorney, the Payne County judge. I was like, yo, get rid of all of them. Every year I tell myself, this is just a game. I have like the, the outcome of this game. I have nothing to do with, but then every year I remind myself, I care way too much and I care a lot about my alma mater, but yeah, that was, that was definitely tough to watch, man. I mean, it basically, you know, Justin, you listed three of the five stages of grief, you know, oh. um, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. And at first, you know, going back to what I said, oh, it's not that bad. 14, nothing. You score and stop, score and stop. And then you're like, why are we playing so bad? And then, I, yeah. you know, we're all texting and it's like, can we just score a touchdown, please? Just one. <laughs> I will take a field goal. I will take points at this point. And then you're just like, well, this sucks. We're we're terrible. And then you're like, OK, all right. Another week. Let's let's move on. But. Justin, something that you noticed about this game is that at no point did Kansas State turn to conservative play calling. Why does that matter in today's game? I'll tell you why. I mean, we saw it against TCU, and Kansas State saw it against TCU. Kansas State learned their lesson. So in Coach Kleiman's postgame press conference, he mentioned that he did not feel comfortable about that lead until midway through the fourth quarter. And so that's why... He kept telling his guys, stay in the fight, stay in the fight. And he even mentioned that that touchdown right before halftime was critical because that's what put them up 35 to nothing. It's not unreasonable to think Oklahoma State can come back from that deficit. We've seen the improbable comebacks from 28 to 3. And we've seen, I mean, it's not illogical to believe that Oklahoma State can overcome that and put up 28 
35 points in a quarter or a half. And so that's why it's so critical, especially in today's game, especially against an opponent like Oklahoma State, to just keep doing what's work, keep, keep taking what the defense is giving you, and pedal to the metal until you know the game is over. And so I, I got to give props to Kansas State, massive respect to that program, doing everything right, especially keeping the pedal to the metal. I think in the last podcast, we probably gave Deuce Vaughn like just way too much love because he went off, right? Their offense went off, and we were all talking about how great of a guy he is, how we root for him. I don't think we should ever do that again <laughs> if that's going to be the outcome. And I mean, in, in the world of the college football playoff, I'm not going to sit here and defend Kansas State because I'm not going to defend the enemy. That being said, I understand why they wouldn't take their foot off the gas because you need those statement wins to be considered by the committee to make the final four. And yeah. on that note, guys, bear with me. I, I do have a point in everything I'm saying. So just bear with me for a second. There are challenges that come with being a contender every year. You know, Bama does it. Georgia does it. Clemson, Ohio State. And I have to give those teams props for always being in the conversation from the start of the season until the end. You know, there was one year was Bama and Ohio State were battling for that four spot and one fell to five. So the fact that those programs have maintained excellence is I many kudos to those programs because that is not easy to do. One loss can really hurt a season. Two is just like call it quits now. I mean, we've never seen a two-loss team make it into the CFP. Yeah. Mike Gundy has been here for almost 20 years. He has led a team to a bowl game every season except his first. He has seven 10-plus win seasons since 2010. However, it seems like every year the goal for Oklahoma State is not a national championship. It is a Big 12 championship. The talk around Stillwater is not that we came back and had an improbable win against uh, Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. It's that we lost to Baylor by inches in the Big 12 championship. Going into the season, all the talk is the Big 12 championship. Why is our standard not higher? And how do we build a program where we are in that conversation? Gundy's been here 20 years. Why are we not consistently in that conversation? Yeah, I think that one of the most interesting things to look at is like Clemson football, for example. Most of my life, Clemson football wasn't really that relevant. They weren't in the conversation. And then seemingly out of nowhere, here they are, just always in the conversation. Even right now, as high as they are ranked in the college football playoff rankings, you're like, TCU has better wins than they do. But with that being said, I think that they really, really leaned in on their brand. After the Notre Dame win in the Fiesta Bowl this past uh, season, Coach Gundy went in and said, hey, they have a great logo. We have a logo, too. Right? I think Coach Gundy understands the importance of brand, and that's something that we really need to hone in on. I don't think that we're that far away from where presidents, athletic directors, and commissioners are going to be hired from the sports and entertainment world right? because they understand the, the importance. right? With NIL and everything else that is going on, I think that OSU uh, really has to just bolster that brand, bolster that brand up, and, of course, beyond that, the recruiting. The recruiting just matters so much. We're in a day and age where it's you can be more creative than ever with not just with the boosters, but with the different collectives, with the different NIL deals and everything that you can provide. Uh, according to 24-7 Sports, Oklahoma State's 2022 recruiting class was ranked number 29th, right? And I'm talking that's below teams like Indiana, for example, Michigan State. 
Kentucky. Kentucky came out of nowhere, and here they are having a great top 15 recruiting class. So you're like, okay, how is it that we can do that? How is it that we can open up the recruiting budget and make sure that we stay relevant and we win the battles during the offseason as well? Because that's where, unfortunately, that's where all the rankings come from, right? Those preconceived biases and notions happen before a ball is ever even kicked off. So the recruiting matters so much, but you really have to get creative with uh, that brand identity. Um, it just goes a long way in, in 2022 and, and beyond. And uh, talk a little bit more about that. We have a logo to speech that really did get me fired up. Yeah. You know, we were heading into the off season and I thought Oklahoma state's going to come back and they're going to win a big 12 championship this year led by Spencer Sanders. And I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say anything bad about Gundy. Right. I love the guy. If anything, this needs to be taken as constructive criticism in some form or fashion. You know what it takes to beat Kansas State. You know that you're a top 10 team and you're about to go play a top 25 team on the road. And you don't do the things that you need to do leading up to that game. It's really just. I don't know. I don't even know what to call it. I don't I don't want to be critical because like I think what he was trying to do was the right thing to give his guys rest. Um I don't know what those practices look like. But the kids on the team they don't know any better. You know, they're just they're just going out there, they're practicing, things may be a little bit different. It's like okay. I mean, Spencer Sanders, you've been there for a long time. I don't know what it looks like for you to to step up and say, "Hey guys, what we did today in practice, that's not it." That's not going to get the job done. So tomorrow we're going to have to come out here and we're going to have to work that much harder to make up for what we missed out on. And we've had practices like that. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, you played the clip back that we played Texas the last week, Meg, you asked us, what did we learn from this Oklahoma state team? And I said, they don't give up. And then they turn around this week and kind of give up. Not yeah. a good look, not Thank a good look. And Justin, I don't know if you remember whenever we were there, some of the practices, whenever it was OU week, whenever it was Texas week, whenever it was like those big marquee games, you remember how intense those were. And we could always predict that at some point after like period six, Gundy would get mad at somebody and say, we're starting the whole thing over. Everybody yep. run back to the locker room. There was one day when uh, when Daz predicted that and he was like, I told y'all, I told y'all we were starting yep. over. And he was right, fired so up. He was, he was fired, fired up. up. But you know, like, what if we did that every week? What if it was that intense all the time? Like, and of course, you have to preserve guys' bodies. And going into last week, there were a lot of injuries, right? So you do have to account for those. But I think that's where recruiting comes in even more because there has to be depth. And one of the most glaring issues with Oklahoma State football over the past decade has been the lack of depth. Somebody goes down, you see a dramatic drop off with that person in second string and third string. So, yeah, hey, that's why we get paid the big bucks, right? We're finding all these solutions. Oh, my gosh. And then, like, another quick thing, like, I've heard Gundy say he doesn't like yelling at his players. And I, I agree with that to an extent, you know, it's like, if you don't, you don't want to yell at them and get them all flustered whenever they're in a game and you got things coming at you a million miles an hour. And the last thing you want is for somebody to be in your face yelling at you. Yeah. But I mean, like at the same time, whenever you don't yell and then the time comes for you to get yelled at, like that actually can flip a switch because I was yelled at one time by coach Gundy in practice and that's all it took. <laughs> but whenever I was, I knew what I was doing and he, he jumped on me 
And, you know, real quick, you know, I stood up straight. I listened to Train him. Yell, I said, yes, sir. Hey, everything's good. <laughs> like, it's okay. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to make this right. And so that's the power that you get whenever you've earned the respect from your players. I understand not wanting to yell at you guys, but sometimes they need to be yelled at. And I think probably at halftime of that game, if not even before that, get something going, flip a switch. And you said when he yelled at you one time, it makes me think, I'm like, my parents can yell at me. I'm like, okay, mom and dad. But then when they're like, we're disappointed in you, Meg, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've messed up. So it's like when Gundy yells, it's like, you've disappointed him. And that's just the worst thing ever. But I mean, and, and Gundy knows how to win. He's proven it with his record. You know, he got, he has over 150 wins in his career. And so I'm not knocking him either. And most teams, there are a ton of teams in college football that would kill for a 10 win season. And the fact that he has done it consistently, I just feel as though that the standard needs to be raised. And at what point is a 10 win bowl eligible season? Not enough. I want to be in that conversation. And my dad's like, well, it's going to expand to 12 teams in a couple of years. I don't want to wait for it to expand to 12 teams. I want to do it now when it's the final, the top four, because it matters more than. Yeah. The narrative is going to be, well, you couldn't do it as four teams. You couldn't win a big 12 championship whenever OU and Texas were in the league. I mean, those are the things that are just going to stick around and it's like, take advantage of the opportunity right now, you know? So do, do the right things, you know, keep, you know, you've got the discipline and toughness, live by it, buy in and, uh, and just go out and do it. Now, 48 to nothing, getting embarrassed like that as a top 10 team, maybe a little bit of a setback. Uh, we'll see if we can bounce back this week. I'm confident that we can, but you know, Gundy apologized to the team. And all we can do is move on. You know. Yep. Moving on, moving forward. It is a new week. It is. I'm feeling good about Oklahoma State, but there's exciting news coming out of the Big 12 this week. Over the weekend, it was announced that the Big 12 is finalizing a new TV rights deal with Fox and ESPN, six years, $2.3 billion extension. And people thought that when Texas and OU announced that they were leaving for the SEC, that the Big 12 would lose money. But this is proving the opposite. Eve, I'll start with you. What does this deal mean for the Big 12? Oh, this is what I love right here. Like whenever I was a senior at Oklahoma State, I was elected to be a Big 12 representative for the National Student Athlete Advisory Committee and two different uh, uh, different committees as well. So I love this conversation. Whenever the time of legislative autonomy was a conversation back in 2012, I got to sit in on some of those meetings. I even got to offer a vote on two different uh, bylaws that ended up getting passed. So that was really cool for me. Whenever I saw this um, you know, former commissioner was Bob Bowlesby, but this is the new commissioner, Brett Yormark, who is coming in. And I thought this was a huge win for the conference, right? Every Big 12 program is getting a raise of almost $10 million a year. And that's before all the new playoff money comes whenever it expands to a 12-team playoff, right? So we were told over the last two years that the value of the league had just completely depleted. So I think that it's it's, it's a heck of a job by the stakeholders at the Big 12. Um, ESPN and Fox are heavily involved, I think, especially with basketball. A lot of people don't realize that in basketball, we're the number one conference in America. We're talking about ratings and everything. So for the first time in a couple of years, the Big 12 conference has some stability, Right. Think about the last two years. You got TV rights conversations. You have COVID, 
uh, OU and UT leaving the conference. The Pac-12 was staring down the barrel of the Big Ten conference. And then all the NIL craziness is still on the horizon, but at least this gives some comfort to the teams in the league, right? So people are asking, did the Big 12 conference settle on a TV deal? And I say no, right? It came down to this. Do you want like the safety and stability right now, or do you want to wait 16 more months to see what the other conferences are going to do? And I thought this was a huge decision to be made. Um, and Brett Yormark gets a lot of credit for making it. And what I love the most about it is that it's a short-term deal, right? A six-year deal. And you get in front of the Pac-12 and you get tangible numbers right now. And then you get to come to the rights again before the SEC and the ACC, because the ACC is still locked in until 2036, right? Mm -hmm. So this is about as stable as the Big 12 conference has been since 2008 and this doesn't even include like the tier three rights like espn plus and other local streaming services right there's still an opportunity for revenue growth and there's even a pro rata clause that allows uh for the number to go up if the big 12 conference expands so now you have teams like arizona and utah you know, yeah, come check us out, right? Because for four years, people have been wondering what the light at the end of the tunnel was going to be. So now you see that, okay, at least for the next six years, there's some stability, right? Because we were told uh, we might not even garner like $18 million a year for some of these TV rights. And what happened in the, to the Big 12 Conference in the end was that the competitiveness was too high and people really cared. Like Stanford and UCLA, like you see what's happening in the Pac-12, they just don't have enough people that actually care. But people in the Big 12 really care. They prioritize football. They prioritize basketball. And I think that right now, like a lot of people want instant gratification, but sometimes you just don't know how it's going to plan out. So, I mean, major props to the athletic directors for being patient. And a lot of props, too, to Bob Bosby, the former commissioner, for keeping everybody together last year whenever things were really, really dicey. So huge win for the Big 12. Justin, as Eve mentioned, Brett Yormark, he took the, over the job in August and he kind of came in saying, I'm going to make big moves. I'm going to make big moves. And he followed through. So what message does this new deal send to the other conferences? I think it just says we're here to stay and we're here to play. Yeah. And look, That's whenever you look at like, where did Brett Yormark come from? He was at what Rock Nation before that, right? Like Rock Nation Sports and Entertainment. So just like I mentioned earlier, it's we're not that far from, removed. Like people are going to be hiring people from sports and entertainment because this is big business. And these streaming numbers, these TV revenue numbers just keep going up and up. And I love the fact that the Big 12 Conference was aggressive. And they decided to say, like, hey, we're going to go ahead and do this now, because oftentimes they say the person that negotiates last has all the power. But it's like, no, no, let's go ahead. and We're going to negotiate first have these tangible numbers. Oh, and by the way, we get another bite at the apple before the ACC does, before the SEC does. I think something else to kind of point out, it was, um, you know, a lot of the predictions were that without OU in Texas, that it's going to be like, the revenue is going to be basically cut in half. Like these these two top yeah. teams, they're the ones carrying the conference. I think what we're seeing, especially with this year, Big 12 is just kind of this, insane thing to look at like there's so much drama going on like who's going to win what's yeah. going on that's a lot more entertaining in some way than uh alabama's going to win the conference again this year georgia you know it might be whatever ohio state michigan that's it there's no parody you know, when, yeah whenever you've got the big 12 and you've got kansas state coming as a, as a dark horse and tcu coming out of nowhere 
um, you know, backup quarterbacks looking like Heisman Trophy winners against Oklahoma State's defense, <laughs> then it's, you know, a little bit more fun to watch. Yeah. And I, and I will say, whenever the college football playoff does expand to 12 teams, what you're going to see is that it's not going to be so hyper-focused on like four or five teams in the country that get all the talent and that get all the the accolades and all the success, you're at least going to see some of that start to get spread out, not just to the Power Five conferences, but even some of the Group of Six conferences as well. Yeah, talking about the f- expansion, the the rankings came out this week for college football playoff. The first rankings came out on Tuesday. We're going to get into a little bit of that and around the Big Twelve. TCU was the highest Big Twelve team ranked in the play in the CFP rankings at number seven. K State up to thirteen, and we're at eighteen. And Texas is at 22, which actually kind of surprised me that they're at 22. What do you guys think of the overall rankings? Not just necessarily the big 12. Uh, You always have to take it with a grain of salt, right? I think this time of the year, you want to make sure that you have certain ranked teams playing against other rankings so that you can get the best TV viewership. As you get closer to the end of the season, that's when you actually start to see the meaningful numbers. But I mean, some of this is just complete brand bias. Like the fact that Texas is still ranked, like you said, Megan, completely surprising. And not to mention TCU, they have like two wins that are better than any of Clemson's wins. Right. So even though Clemson, of course, is a great football team, they they got snubbed. TCU football, that is, got snubbed because Clemson is Clemson and, you know, Texas is Texas. So they're always going to be ranked. But, you know, I always take everything with a grain of salt, especially right now in the beginning of November. Well, even last week, I think I was a little bit surprised by how much disrespect Oklahoma State still got even after beating Texas. It was more along the lines of Texas blew it. Oklahoma State didn't really do anything to win that game. And I don't really feel that way, but that's how the national media views it because Texas has just built up this brand over time and Oklahoma State's still trying to get there. Like I said, step back with this last week. TCU, the same thing. Um, You know, I think that TCU might be also struggling a little bit because of the initial rankings. And I think a lot of people are taking into account what people saw in the preseason polls. Yeah. At at one point, you know, I just feel like if you're undefeated at this point in the season, why, why are you like still ranked below teams that have lost, Yeah. you know, and it, it's going to work itself out. We all know this. So there's, there's really no reason not to have TCU up there just like for Ohio state, Michigan. I mean, Ohio state, I mean, they played one team with a winning record so far. Yeah. I mean, sure, they look good week in and week out. They got a Heisman Trophy candidate playing quarterback. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like, it's just kind of like TCU. Uh, they're, they're playing a tougher schedule, in my opinion. They've got a potential Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback. And, uh, you know, it would just be interesting to see, like, if they were to play like Ohio state versus TCU in the middle of the season right now, next week, you know, instead of having to wait to a bowl game or something like that, how that would all pan out. Because of course, you know, you're going to have injuries come up through the rest of the season and things like that. But it's just, it's kind of weird uh, just looking yeah. at the, the entire body of work, but that's, uh, <laughs> that's the polls for you. I'm still crossing my fingers for that rematch with TCU in the title game. I mean, it's not out of the question. We just need a lot of help for that to happen. I think that I I think that Kansas State hot take. I think Kansas State is going to it's going to be K-State TCU in the Big 12 championship. And I think K-State is going to ruin 
TCU's chances of making the playoff by defeating them. Because personally, if I have the rankings up in front of me right now, I would put Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia in that order as they currently are. Then I would Mm -hmm. put Michigan four. I would do TCU five followed by probably Alabama and Clemson or Clemson, Alabama. You could either way, but I think I would put TCU at five. I think that they have a lot of impressive wins. I think people don't really respect them because they're in the big 12, but I think that as you were saying, like who is Ohio state really playing in the big 10 either, you know, there's the top tier teams in each conference, but then after that, it's kind of like falling off. So we shall see, because right now, I mean, that these rankings are irrelevant in three weeks. You know, like what matters <laughs> exactly. is the ones that come out in early December who say everything. But we are playing an unranked team this week in Kansas. Our first, you know, we after playing three straight ranked teams for three straight, four straight, uh, we're playing Kansas. Spencer Sanders was named uh, a Davy O'Brien to the Davy O'Brien QB class of 2022 today. However, he left the K-State game very late with a shoulder injury. Should we be concerned about his status for this week? I don't think so. Um, I would be more concerned if he's still not practicing a hundred percent. It looks to me like maybe his shoulder is, you know, a little bit banged up. Sure. But I think more than anything right now, it's his timing is off a little bit. Um, which, I mean, that just comes with you. Not if you're not practicing full speed throughout the week, I mean, that's kind of what you're going to expect to see in a game. It's kind of like, Eve, you know, you work out regularly. You know, you're going hard all the time and you're throwing up, you know, what do we got? 15 reps on 225, but then, no, on hey, 300, on 300. Oh, take, take, a, take a week off, take two weeks off, and uh, maybe you can only throw up five or six reps. I think that's kind of what we're seeing here. And um, yeah, I think that if he can't get into a regularly scheduled, like, let's get back, you know, push through the pain kind of thing. Um, and then maybe I'd be a little bit more concerned, but I think he can still play injured like he has been. He's played at a high level, especially we've seen that against Texas. Uh, there's no reason to believe that he shouldn't be able to do it against Kansas. Yo, bump that. I think that if I'm a KU defender, I might be licking my chops right now because the way that, you know, the the end of the last two games, I think Spencer comes out and he looks completely fine. But then there's something about like the last five to six minutes of the game that you're just like, oh, something's not quite right. So it's not so much about like the shoulder strength as much as it is like the endurance right there, because um, I think it's starting to get pretty noticeable. And, you know, TC, I mean, not TC, but KU's defense is pretty opportunistic as well. So I hope the best for Spencer. I'm really hoping that, you know, he is rehabilitating that thing as best as he possibly can. But it does cause me some concern. It's concerning because, as you mentioned, there is a drop off in our depth. We, you know, we don't really have the best depth at quarterback. And also on offense, we were without Dominic Richardson. He was out. K State. I haven't seen any updates on him this week about whether or not he will play. Um, our our top rusher before the fourth quarter, DeAndre Jackson, he set a career high of rushing yards with 20 in this game, which it's like, well, that right there is a red flag. And then Gunnar Gundy entered late, and he was actually the team's leading rusher with 27 yards because Dominic Richardson, our go-to back, was out last game after getting hurt versus Texas. Do we have a running back problem? 
it's so hard to judge based on the Kansas State game because everything was going wrong for us and everything was going right for them. So honestly, I digress. I, I will reserve my thoughts on the running game until after, probably until after the first quarter of the KU game. Because as of right now, I mean, it's just so hard to judge off of a throwaway game, you know? That's fair, yeah. but I feel like a running back should have more than 20 yards. Like your quarterback should not be your leading rusher. That to me is always... Regardless, NFL, college, like your quarterback should not be your leading rusher. Unless you're Lamar Jackson. And you're running for 100 yards a game. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, another injury problem. Tom Hutton, our great kicker, just announced that he is actually going to be done for the season. So that's a wrap for him. He's done. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, we recorded this on a Tuesday. This just came out like a couple minutes ago. So talk about another huge blow, right, on a special team standpoint. Like that's that's that's, that's- breaking news for us, right? But that's... Golly, there's a guy who was probably going to be a Lou Gorza Award finalist. And um, on his Instagram, he just posted a photo of him and crutches with the caption. That's a wrap. Hashtag forever a cowboy. Red guy. But yeah, I so (laughs) that is tough. I think that I've heard some good things about the backup punter, I guess, um, from Gundy. (laughs) But I wonder if that opens it up. (laughs) Yeah, right. I wonder if that opens it up. He's, He's probably, you know, Australian by uh association hanging out with Hutton long enough and uh seriously with this yeah but no uh, I think that maybe that opens it up for a little bit of uh you know going forward a little bit more on fourth down um it seems like it works all the time against Oklahoma State so why not try it against some other teams um yeah I think Kansas State what three for three on fourth down brutal man I know it's a like you said you throw away game um but kind of back to the run game Uh, I don't know that we have a run game problem so much as um Maybe an offensive line problem. Depth on the offensive line. Uh, we see yeah. the zone plays all the time. I wonder at what point, like, you just, I mean, I guess you can't change it up now, but it's kind of like, you know, I, I think, okay, so let me back up. I think a lot of the reason that we're seeing this problem is because we had an NFL running back last season and we're missing that. And anyway, we don't have the guys that are getting the carries in the backfield that, I guess, have the vision that's required to read off of the zone blocking whenever you do have time. So maybe we do have a run game problem in that sense. Enough about our team. Let's get to the fun stuff, guys. <laughs> Uniform predictions. None of us were right last week. And you know, it is what it is. I, I initial, My initial guess was a uniform that was retired. So I did not expect to win. <laughs> But uh, uh, by the way, I was going to say, like, if you're watching on YouTube, I hope you notice all three of us are wearing different logos. We did not plan this. Yeah, we didn't plan this at all. We got the Cowboys crib. We got the brand logo. We got the Phantom Peak going on. So, you know, maybe one of these will be on the uniform this week. Yeah, Eve, Justin's going last because Justin has his database. So <laughs> I'm not going to let you influence my decision. Let me guess. And then you That's can fair. be like, Meg, here's why you're wrong. Um, but Eve, we'll let you start this week. Okay, hold on. I, I didn't even look to check and see if we're at home or away. What, what are we? Right we're now? away. We're, we're away, away at right? Kansas. Back to Kansas. Okay, the so state point for the jersey. It's going to be white. <laughs> okay, so we got a white jersey. I think we go... It's, there's going to be gray in there. I don't know if it's going to be a gray helmet or if it's going to be gray pants. That's the only thing, okay? Because we like to wear gray against the KU Jayhawks. So if I had That's to predict, true. let me go... I'm going to say gray, white... Gray, doubling down on the gray. A little bit yeah. of a Oreo action there. And if I'm not mistaken, Justin, we've done that combination before against Kansas, haven't against we? Against Kansas, in yeah. 2014. No, I'm sorry, 2012. 
Yeah. So that that's 2014 was the Tyreek Hill year. 2012 was uh, Carbon Fiber. If you guys remember that helmet? Yep. With the white brand logo, loved it. Uh, white gray. Yeah. This guy with the photographic memory, unbelievable. Eve, do you have a a a brand like a logo for the helmet guess, or you're just going with the colors? Oh, um, yeah. Let's go with the with the solid brand, the OSU, the brand logo. What you're wearing? Yeah, the one I'm wearing right now. Funny because I'm going with the Shadow Pete for mine, Smart. and I was planning on wearing this, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm picking, and I'm also Eve. Get out of my head. I'm also going gray, but I'm doing, I wrote it down and so I'm double checking my notes because I don't want to change my mind. So I did black, a black shadow Pete helmet and then gray and gray. So I'm doing white, white, gray. Yeah. What? You can't wear gray jerseys on the road. So you got, oh, darn, I see these black, stupid... white, gray. No, it's cool. Sure, we'll do that. Free, we'll do that. Free. Black, white, gray. We'll do black, white, gray, which is actually my prediction. So maybe the color scheme will work. And to say, yeah, Shadow P goes with the gray a lot of the time, so you're probably on on point with that. I actually, I'm going to change it up a little bit. I think it'll be the Chrome OSU brand. Uh, I think we've seen that helmet one other time, and it wasn't against Kansas. I think it was against Iowa State, and I can't remember the year. But they do like wearing gray against Kansas. So I think we do yeah. definitely wear the gray pants. Now, Eve, I will say we haven't seen a gray helmet since 2015. So we may be resurrecting back. those things. Bring it back. We'll see. One thing bring I do know back. for sure is we will not see the combination from last week anytime soon. And with that, guys, it is time for game picks. Starting out picks with picks. Last week, we were so excited about him picking Oklahoma State. And this week, we are so excited that he is picking the Jayhawks. <laughs> Because we don't need his bad juju. So yay, Bixby, picking (laughs) picking the Jayhawks. That's a good boy. He got extra treats for that. Um, I am going to hope that I'm right this week and say that I think Oklahoma State is going to bounce back and win. Gundy, I think he's, what, 6-0, 7-0 following a loss. So I'm feeling good that we'll continue that streak. I agree. I think we'll bounce back uh, as demoralizing as that last game was. You just got to bounce back. You can't just lay down. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we've, we've got to be the team that we know we are. Uh, just prove that last week was a fluke. And I think Oklahoma State will win by the tune of 42 to 24. I'll say the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. told us that the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. And I think that controversy is facing this team right in the face. And it's a moment for us to say, hey, this is where we prove to the nation how we bounce back, how resilient that we can actually be. And I think that they actually rise up to the occasion. I think that every single person that is hurt is going to rehab. They're going to take it seriously. They're going to get to know their body in the way that they haven't known before. They're going to come back fresh against the Kansas Jayhawks, and they're going to beat them 49-17, to 17, the exact same even more than the points that were scored on us last week. We're going to top that by one point, and we're not allowing them to score much on us. Let's go. I'm feeling I'm feeling good. And there's still it might not feel like it because as I said earlier, no two lost team has ever made the the CFP. But there still is a lot to play for. There still is a chance that we can make the Big 12 championship. That is not it is going to be a more difficult road with a lot of help 
from other teams, but that is, we still have stuff to play for. And it's also at the end of the day, your competitors, you have pride. So I think we're going to, we're going to move on from last week. And, you know, we just, we just need a touchdown, darn it. You know, I just want some <laughs> points. We're going to get points, guys. We're going to get points. My goodness. That's tough. And last note about Kansas is Jalen Daniels has been practicing and there is a chance that he returns. And I think that all Oklahoma State fans are hoping that he does return because we have struggled yeah. against the backup quarterback. So come on, Jalen Daniels. Right. Let's come go. on, Jalen. <laughs> get well. I'm going to send him a freaking uh, bouquet of flowers and some chocolate. Give him a nice arrangement. Card. Let's go. Yeah, come on. See, this is this is that drama in the Big 12 that I was talking about. People want to yeah. tune in. And I know. For the longest time, uh, well, I guess for five games, Kansas State, or I'm sorry, Kansas was kind of America's team. And um, that's cooled off a little bit. Good, good, probably a good thing. Um, but, you know, I think that <laughs> with them, they're going for bowl eligibility and they're seeing right. that Oklahoma State just laid an egg against their rival. And so they probably are believing that they have a shot. And uh, yeah, we just need to shut that down early. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I, I do hope, I do hope that the fan of the underdog in me does hope that Kansas becomes bowl eligible, but not this week. Save it for next yes. week. I don't care. Not, not against, not against the pokes. And I think that on, uh, I'm pulling up the Jayhawk schedule to make the, I think that on November 26th, we are all going to be Jayhawks fans and hoping that they beat K-State because that will help our case. We hope they get a couple other losses. But yeah, let's go, Pokes. Fix taking the Jayhawks. You're fine. We appreciate you bringing the juju back the other way. Bring it back, Bix. <laughs> Want to thank you all for listening to this episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. On behalf of Eve and Justin, I am Meg, and as always, go Pokes. Go Pokes, baby. Go Pokes. <laughs>